right, y'all. I just got a call from Uber Eats. They are coming. That's good news. So we're going to eat tonight. Um, gives me about 20 minutes. Let's see what I can do. All right, y'all. We are in our last week. Our last week of Advent, not the last week of Advent, our last week. We're doing like a truncated, weird version. Um, I have this little arrangement here that Maria put together for us. Um, technically, two of these are supposed to be lit right now. And I would normally light the third one tonight, but um, three are already lit. And we're going to light the fourth one tonight. So... Um, Apologies if this ruins like what you grew up with or if you didn't grow up with this at all, don't let this be the like normal that you compare everything else to. Um, So um, we lit candles for hope, peace and joy. And last week was a double portion peace and joy together. And anyone want to guess what that candle is? I mean, I know it's pretty obvious, but anybody? Love. Love. (laughs) Jesus, yeah. There we go. Tonight we're going to talk about love for a few minutes. Um, Specifically, the idea that um, love is seen. Love is seen. Um, And if I could expound on that, I would say it's that Love is God seen. Are you guys with me? Love is God seen. All right. Yes. Just for effect. (laughs) Love is God seen. We read um, from John 1 last week, two weeks ago. Can't remember now. Two weeks ago. John 1. Since in the beginning was the word, right? Are you guys going to be able to focus? Well, see, this is, that just proves my point. Love is seen. And when you see it, it's hard to focus on anything else. John 1 talks about the word becoming flesh. It also talks about the light coming into the darkness. And the darkness couldn't overcome it. The light is always seen. The light is always seen. Are you with me? Love always is seen. It, it, it doesn't mean that it's showy. It's not showy, but it, it shows up. Okay? See the difference? It, it, it's not showy, but it shows up. And, and you can see it when it, when it shows up. As surely as the light, when it's on, you can see it. All right. Now, I will, for the sake of some of you who may be sensitive to potential seizure, there's eight different settings that took a while. Um, But you get the idea. So now I will spare you um, till the party. Um. I just I want to pray. I want to pray real quick, um, just as we're talking about this, that we would be um, affected by 
Even just the simple truth that, that God loves us. I don't, I don't think we really need to take it a whole lot further than that. And it's something that lately I just, God has just been hounding me about and just reminding me repeatedly of that he loves me. And I realize that when I hear that, if it doesn't mean something, it probably means that I've forgotten what it means. If it doesn't mean something, when you hear God loves you, then you've probably forgotten what it means. And you need him to remind you. You need to see You need to see his love. You need to see him. And so, God, that's our prayer that um, even in the middle of the lights that you would shine the brightest. Because you're the true light that has come. And even in the middle of things that would vie for our attention and our affection, God, that we would see you in your glory. And in the middle of our, at times, unwillingness to love and even our inability to love ourselves, God, that we would encounter your love for us. And so tonight, we just, we want to keep it simple. And that's what this is about. That's what this is about. It's about you. It's about your love for humanity, including us, but also including everyone else. And let us not overcomplicate that. But let us live in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just want to read a few um, things about that love for us from 1 John. 1 John has a lot about love. And um, it's everything from God's love for us to our love for God to our love for each other to uh, the challenges of And the temptation of love for something else, mainly the world and the things that it would um, tempt us with in regards to a lesser love. Um, And I want to start with what really is the beginning and the end of this for us, which is God's love. And when we talk about love being seen, um, love is God, God is love. And so love is God seen because when God reveals his love to us, he reveals it in the person of Jesus ultimately. And so when when first John says that God is love. We find out that that love looks like a person and that love entered into our world, that love showed up 
as a baby, but then as a man who would go to a tree, that love was seen. And actually, um, he says this in, in chapter three. He says in verse one, he says, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. See what great love the father has lavished on us that we would be called children of God. And that is what we are. Backing up, he says this at the beginning of 1 John, and it it sounds a lot like the beginning of John 1. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, listen to this, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. That, that little statement right there is no small thing. This light, this word was with the Father, but has appeared to us, meaning he, he took a journey. He came down. He entered in to this so that we could see what love looks like. He says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. It's it's a big deal what he starts by writing here. Just think about it. Jesus, he was there. And then for, for a moment, it seemed he was gone. But then he showed up again. And he stayed a little bit longer. And then he left again. And so they were collecting the things, the stories of what Jesus did when he actually was here, when he walked the earth, when he lived among us. Because other people needed to hear it. But core to the testimony is something maybe we take for granted, which is that Jesus was actually there. He says, we have seen it. We have seen what he looks like. We've seen what love is like. We've seen what he does. And we're telling you about it. That's what this is. This is us writing so that you would know it. So that you would see it. He goes on to talk about this love that comes from God. His love that is for us. And we read that in the beginning of chapter three. But in in four, he even expounds on it a little bit further. He says, this is how, in verse 9, sorry, I'm just jumping in. This is how, chicken is on the way. That's not in here. This is how God showed his love, showed his love among us. How? Do you have it? Yeah, you have it. Okay. 
Why are you guys looking at me? Like, you don't know what the answer is. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. The beginning and the end of love being seen for us is Jesus. The beginning and the end of love being seen for us is Jesus himself. And when it says that we, not that we love God, but that he loved us, that's very important because the starting point for any Love that would come through us is the fact that love came to us. You guys with me? Anything that I'm going to say next about what it means for us to look like love has to be rooted in this truth that we've seen love. Before we ever thought about loving people the way that God's called us to, God loved us. Before we thought about loving God the way that he created us to love him, he loved us first. That's the beginning and the end of this for us is God's tremendous love for us. And I don't know about you, but that simple truth sometimes seems too simple. Meaning it doesn't affect me the way that it should. But I promise you, there's nothing else as good as this truth. This is what our gospel is founded on. And this is what our our gospel thrives on is love. And I think that's why Paul prayed that we would actually know the immensity, the enormity the vastness of God's love. It's simple, but it's expansive. It can't be too simple. A, a, a kid can get it. It can't be too simple. It's, it's that simple, but it's immense. It's expansive. And so don't let the simplicity of it keep you from from being drawn into the wonder of it. The beauty of it. The newness of it, because it's it's expanding and growing and you have only begun to know what it looks like, what it's like in Jesus. You guys with me? I'm preaching to myself right now. So if you're not with me, that's fine. I need to hear this. For like, I don't know, a few months now, I've been seeing 316 on the clock. You've probably seen it too. Maybe it didn't mean much to you, but it's been meaning more and more to me. Just the reminder, God, you love me. And as I've seen it, I, you know, some days I'm like, I'm the that's nice. <laughs> some days I'm like, okay, God, I want, I need this truth right now more than I probably know. Help me to live in it. As I've been rushing about my day, help me to stop and rest in your love. We, we, we need that. 
there's really, there's really, there's really not much else. It's the starting point, it's the end, and it's, it's everything in between. And if we don't have that, we can't reflect it. If we, if we don't have the love of God, what, what, what John tells us here is that um, we can't live that out. Rest assured, we've been called to love our neighbors as ourselves. But we can't do that unless we have the love of God in us. Now, here's the thing about that love. Um, And even as we hear it and maybe as we reflect on it, sometimes it's like God loves me and he does. (laughs) But part of the truth of us knowing that God loves us exactly for who we are and all the all the all the bumps and the blemishes and the mistakes and on our good days and our bad days like that's the gospel but part of that gospel is also that that god through you has love for the person that you don't want to love <laughs> so we can't say god loves me and not at the same time say and god loves them as well we can't say, God, thank you for your love without that meaning. Thank you for your love and thank you for your love. And that's what John gets right into in this letter is the fact that God came with this love and that it's for us. And that if we've received it, the implication is that others need to see it through us. I think the chicken's here. I just have a feeling. It's my phone. <laughs> I might need to answer this. You guys are right with that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hi, coming out. All right, thank you. Appreciate y'all being. Um, I just realized like an hour ago that I didn't know how they were going to get a hold of me. So now we know. Um, let's read a few things that, that John presses upon us in regards to how this love is not only for us, but meant to be for others as well through us. Um, first on one. Five and six. He says, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So we could just have a whole message on that. How did Jesus live? But we could sum it up. Jesus lived in love and that love was for all kinds of people. Even this this advent that we are acknowledging is the truth that not only did Jesus come down, but he, he came to us. And, and by saying that he came to us is to say that he came to people beyond those that he originally had in his heart or in his plan of salvation or originally said, um, I am your God and you are my people, the people of Israel. Those were his chosen people. Um, If you're not from Israel, 
but you've been brought into this family. You've been brought in because God said, oh, but I'm coming for everyone else as well. So when we say God loves me, it's actually proof that God is not exclusive in that love. You guys with me? Um, he goes on to say in verse 9 and 10, and it's, it's so like um, kind of clear with, with John. He says, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother and sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light. And there's nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. John is like really matter of fact about this. What's interesting here is John is writing and when he's talking about this love, he's saying um, that it should be for brothers and sisters, for family, for those who are part of God's people. So he's writing perhaps about some unique issues within the church. Now, I'm thankful for the fact that this isn't our main issue here. So when you hear that, you might think, we're good. I love my brothers and sisters. I look forward to being here. We don't have any beef with each other. But I want to suggest, it's interesting because, um, you know, the fact that he's talking about the people that should be easy to love, and in this case, there were still issues would suggest that this probably isn't the only place that this love is supposed to be uh, showing up. The only people that this love is for. So while he's saying brothers and sisters, just know that that's just where the problem was for this group of people. But I would suggest, as I said earlier, that um, this love, as surely as it's for you and for me, it's for the person that's difficult to love. For you and for me. So that could be your brother and sister. That could be your family member. That, that could be your co-worker. That could be the people on the street that you um, don't want anything to do with. It could be the elitist. It could be the religious person. And the list could go on and on and on. Hey, where'd you guys come from? <laughs> They escaped from the basement. <laughs> That's good. Found their way back. That's maybe my warning um, that we need to wrap up soon. <laughs> Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother and sister is still in the darkness. How did he escape? There's two of you and two of them. Kids are so elusive and squirmy. That means 
that for us, the love has to be seen as well. It's funny because he uses love and hate here, and that seems very like polar opposites. <laughs> but if we just ask the question, is the love seen? Is the love seen? I think what we might realize is um, that it's not just actively hating someone, but it might be passively ignoring someone. It's not just violent intent, but it could be turning a blind eye. Is the love seen? That's what it means to be the light. It's that the love is seen. And I don't, I don't know who that's for for us, but I think there's, there's someone or someones for all of us where we just need to ask again, as surely as we're being reminded again that God, you, you love us, but, but in that love for us is love for someone else. Who needs to see it? And where in my life maybe does it need to be seen in a way that it's currently not? And it's interesting because I don't think that changes anything that, that John says here. Maybe it is as clear as love or hate. And maybe there are subtle ways that we are not loving and in not loving, actually hating our neighbors when love isn't seen. This is what we're to be known by. This is it. <laughs> by the love. So it's a really important question for us to answer. Is it being seen? One more um, bit that kind of brings us together in chapter four. And this is why not just love is seen, but love is God seen. Love is God seen. Listen to this. He says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. It's not minor. This is about God being made visible. And that's what this season reminds us that he did. He made himself visible. So that we could see him, so that we could know him. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Verse 12, this is going to confuse us a little bit. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So do you see what he's actually saying there? He's saying we've never seen God, but we have. We have. I mean, We've seen him in the person of Jesus. That's the first thing. And that's what he started this with. We've seen, we've seen him. This is about what we've seen. 
And he's saying that we also see him every time love is present. Every time love shows up, we see God. Love is God seen. And that way, it's, it's no minor thing when we choose to live in it. Like we, we might have enough for ourselves, but it's no minor thing when we choose to live in it and we choose to live from it. Especially for those who may be asking, where is God? Why hasn't he shown up for me? Why doesn't he seem to care about the world? What is he doing right now? When we, when we love, we're making him seen. And it may not feel like that, but that's what it is. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So I just want to pray for us. And we're, we're just going to pray that God would help us. And, and specifically that he would help us to choose to love. Just as his love for us is simple, the call to love is simple. Yet the ability to do it is often hard. And it's hard because oftentimes the willingness <laughs> is slow to come. And so God, I pray that just as surely as we've received your love, if we have received it, God, I pray that it, it wouldn't be this thing that we keep to ourselves. And in actuality, when we realize what it is, we can't, can't keep it to ourselves. So God, I pray that your love would fall fresh in our lives in this time, in this season, in a way that God, we would love afresh. And we would, we would find ourselves before you encountering your love again in a new way. And as we do, God, that as we experience it, we would, we would be reminded and we would know that it's not just for me. And God, I pray right now for the places in each of our lives where, where love needs to be seen, where maybe it's either been passively withheld or actively withheld, God, that we would affirm the truth. 
by choosing to love. God, I pray that in small ways and in big ways, God, that your love would be seen through your people. And in doing so, we would reflect the truth that we have seen your love already through Jesus. Lord, bless your name. Amen. We're going to take communion tonight. And when you're ready, you can come and receive. We're going to close in one last song.